good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Courtney Cuff, Henry Cutter gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we're coming live from Macho Hodus, uh, the studio here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And we're all beamed all over Civic Media Network, and we discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Ogama, Ogama, you know this, don't you? Native issues are human issues, and human issues are native issues. And we all know this portion of the show is brought to you by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Hey, Ogama, I hate to tell you, uh, the show is taken over by Roberts today, and you're the only uh, other person here. So I don't know if we're going to change the name to Roberts Show because we have Robert Lilligren of Nadkey and Robert Blake, which I like to call Bob Blake from Red Lake with Solar Bear today, and then along with me. Robert Pilot, so you're you're on your own island there, but how do you feel about that? You know, I, I think I can get behind it just because <laughs> Robert's really not a common name uh, for, for people who present as a female gender, uh, but, you know, uh, it, it's, it's all good. I think uh, the Roberts is always a good show. Uh, all of you have great things to say. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, there'll be a little something in your uh, envelope uh, next week, so I appreciate that compliment. And uh, hey, before we get too deep into this, uh, I just want to give a shout out to everybody out there. And I also want to talk about uh, we what you do, Ogma, and you do the news that you don't hear anywhere else. And uh, we're really happy and, and happy to have you on each day and speaking the truth all over Turtle Island. So let's get with it here with Ogma with the news. I'm on mute. Hi, Buju relatives. This is Ogama Ganuakwe. I'm a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news and information for you here on Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. We have not touched in and talked a lot about uh, Stop Line 3. You know, uh, Line 3's construction, unfortunately, uh, happened here in Minnesota, and uh, we haven't really had a lot of time to touch on the events that are still going on, uh, even though construction was uh, completed here. So uh, upcoming events uh, in the month of March uh, for Flood the Courts from Stop Line 3. Um, great events that are coming up March 8th, 9th, and 10th uh, at 8.30 a.m. That is going to be at the uh, Duluth, uh, St. Louis County District Court in Duluth. Um, they're going to be supporting multiple defendants in the fight against Line 3 because they're going to be facing a three-day jury trial on March 8th. Uh, court is set to begin at 8.30 a.m. Central Time at the St. Louis County District Court, which is located at 100 North 5th Avenue West in Duluth, Minnesota. It will be on the fourth floor in courtroom one. Please be aware if you're going to uh, join for these court support events that unfortunately uh, courts are uh, subject to sudden changes. So um, check your email um, if you haven't already signed up for um, the court support emails. Um, you can check there um, and make sure that you try to get any updates you can before um, before you travel. Um, there's also a virtual uh, flood the court uh, for Clearwater Courts for uh, BA Grandma Jill. Uh, she'll have a Zoom pre-trial and then a Zoom jury trial. Um, BA Grandma is asking you to join her in solidarity in court as she faces charges for resisting Line 3 in Clearwater County. Uh, the Zoom is available again on the uh, Flood the Courts uh, support website. I'm not going to read out all the Zoom information, but I can put it in the chat if there's anybody uh, who would like that information. Um, so that's for the pre-trial for Clearwater County. And then Thursday, 
And Friday, March 30th and 31st, starting at 8.30 a.m., is the jury trial uh, for VA Grandma Jill. Um, she took her third stand uh, to protect sacred water at the Mississippi headwaters. And uh, she's unfortunately already paid a, a dear price for uh, her action here in Minnesota. Um, during one of her arrests, uh, she was uh, damaged. She was injured uh, by a police officer. And um, she's dealing with chronic pain and possibly permanent injury from that. Um, and she said that um, despite uh, the arrest, um, she is consoled by the presence of people joining her. So they are going to uh, rally uh, in person uh, for the trial on March 30th and 31st in Clearwater County uh, outside the courthouse. That is going to be at the Clearwater County Courthouse at uh, 213 Main Avenue North, number 303 in Bagley, Minnesota. Her jury trial will start uh, at 9 a.m., but the rally starts at 8.30. And uh, she'll have a necessi necessity defense and an account of suffering uh, five severe pain compliance incidences uh, during her uh, her um, efforts to try to stop rights violations uh, perpetuated by the uh, completion of the Tar Sands Pipeline Line 3. There are uh, upcoming dates that are really important too. Uh, there's all-day Zoom support uh, for Aiken County on March 23rd. Aiken County, Minnesota has the most open cases of any county related to the Line 3 protest, and water protectors with open cases in this county have had to wait an exorbitant amount of time for the state to respond Beginning March 23rd at 9 a.m. Central, there will be back-to-back -back hearings for most of the day, and the majority of which will be Rule 8 hearings, which is the first hearing after an arraignment. And you can show support for these water protectors who have been in legal limbo now for two years. Um, again, that's March 23rd, uh, Zoom court support in Aiken County. There's going to be Support for water protectors in Aiken County in person on March 31st, and you can support water protectors at the in-person contested omnibus hearing on March 31st, starting in the morning at the Aiken County Courthouse. You can support water protector Don Goodwin in person on April 4th. Don Goodwin will have a rescheduled hearing on April 4th at the Aiken County Courthouse at 9 a.m. Central. There will be more information coming up on that soon. And Tara Hauska has a in-person support scheduled for April 5th. Uh, she will be uh, in a motion hearing at Aiken County Courthouse on April 5th at 1.30 p.m. Central, and more details will come of that uh, in the future for from uh, Flood the Court email announcements. Um, if you haven't yet, go on over to actionnetwork.org and uh, find the campaign uh, Receive Line 3 Flood the Courts updates. You should be able to just do a quick search in the upper right that says Flood the Courts and it'll bring it right up for you. And uh, you can get those emails and updates to know when and where to show up to support uh, water protectors who put it all on the line during the uh, line three pipeline. Uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit, uh, Robert, and I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. Um, uh, but are you familiar with like the crying Indian video or the crying Indian, uh, GIF, GIF, um, Robert? Are you, are you talking about the uh, Italian dude, uh, from the seventies with the uh, pollution or yes, the old yep. pollution commercial. Um, so he was crying, you know, he saw, he saw the lands being trashed and, uh, he had a big old teardrop in his eye and he was wearing buckskin and, uh, he was tanned and looking good. Yeah, that's him looking good. That that would be it. So this ad uh, has been deemed inappropriate after it's been transferred to the National Congress of American Indians, uh, which, um, you know, even for its debut in 1971, uh, it was probably inappropriate there as well. Um, it's from an old anti-pollution ad, uh, which shows the person in native attire uh, shedding a single tear when they look at the uh, pollution, smokestacks and litter um, taking over the land. And it's really been a big piece of TV and pop culture, even for Native people. Um, and it's just kind of generally referred to as the crying Indian. Um, 
and it made the actor Iron Eyes Cody uh, a recognizable face in households. But um, the nonprofit originally that commissioned the advertisement, which was called Keep America Beautiful, has been considering how to retire the ad. And they announced this week that it's doing so by transferring the ownership rights to the National Congress of American Indians. Um, and they are going to retire it for good. So, um, you know, I think that's good news. And um it's long overdue, right, Robert? Yeah, and I agree. Uh, we, we're, we're cutting into commercial time here, but I do know that he was really active in the Native community, also adopted Native children. So it's a long and windy story with, story with him. It's a, a very interesting story, uh, but that's good that they brought it back to the community. Hey, we'll be right back with Robert, one of the Roberts. We'll guess which one uh, when they come on. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. ho I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why Native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. I am Oshawashko Gijig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Development Institute. Hey, we got uh, Robert Lilligren with us, and we haven't talked to Robert in a long time. It seems like a long time, a lot of things happening all over, a lot of great things happening at the Minnesota State Capitol. Uh, welcome, uh, Robert Lilligren, and I don't know if you saw Ogama's note in the chat there. Robert, uh, Blake will be on next, and it'll be the Robert Show. Right. It's Robert squared, right? Or Robert, yeah, tripled. <laughs> <laughs> so so how have you been what's going on um on the avenue what's going on with your organization uh we'll always want to bring that up too that you're the ceo of the native american community development institute here in the twin cities minnesota uh we always like to touch base and talk a little politics reminisce about uh, how old we are and uh, oh. things like that or how young we are oh <laughs> I like that better. Boozoo, Robert. So nice to be here. And it has been a while since you and I talked. Had the last two weeks off. And then before that, you were traveling. That's the week that Ogama produced the, the NACDI show. And oh, yeah. Really well. That was fun to talk about our work. And, yeah. And, and okay. you know, I was listening to that. And, um, <laughs> I gotta just say, uh, the Valley of the Dolls, uh, the, the the person that works with you. I mean, I John, knew people yeah. from that. I mean, what a small world here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. 
Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I, when I was interviewing him, because he'd been living in South Dakota for a while, we're talking about John Williams, who's our development director at NACD, and uh, and he's just great. He's like a superstar. But he got his start in the development in nonprofit world with uh, Ballet of the Dolls, an old dance company, sort of an avant-garde ballet company here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis back in the 80s, 1980s. Wow. Maybe, maybe the 90s. No, I think it was the 80s. And the little late, so late 80s. Yeah, yeah. And so John and I figured that we were probably in the same room or maybe at the same crazy parties together at some point. But we, have, we haven't yeah. quite pinned it down if we'd met back then. But, but I'd be surprised if we didn't. It's crazy because uh, I went to high school with a professional ballerina that was in that too. Um, oh, in Valley of the Dolls? It was a small world. I was, li- yeah. I was listening to the show and uh, not yeah. critiquing, not critiquing. You guys are oh, veterans. Yeah. We are figuring um, we've been on, Native Ritz Radio has been on over 700, uh, had over 700 shows. Wow. And thinking back the last few, you've been on like three years, so you got to be shoot you got to be in there in the in the yeah, hundreds getting close to the yeah, hundreds. Get... <laughs> seems like more oh easy <laughs> easy hey you you mentioned uh when we were texting a little bit before the show that you know i've been running around doing some stuff um i was you at wounded been. knee. Been a very busy guy i was at wounded knee and what really yeah. struck me and i said this earlier was that uh from from these young people that went there, and I mean, they they got the call just like Standing Rock and and all these other things that have happened over the years, and uh, some of them just came back for the first time in fifty years. And I talked to quite a few, and I think of uh, ordinary people doing extraordinary things, mm-hmm. you know, and then carrying that work with them the rest of their life, and how important that was. And I think. You and I see that quite often, but we don't call it out in a good way. Yeah, well, and we try to call it out, right? I mean, I just was so yeah. impressed with some of the social media I saw from you all out uh, out at Wounded Knee, you know, the, the 50th anniversary of the second occupation. It just I've been there. It's such a solemn place, you know. It's, it's heavy. But I was so impressed with the generations that were all when you were out there and how many young people were out there uh, with the elders. And so, so it just, it's very gratifying, right. To feel that generational continuity that, uh, and then to see the, the enthusiasm and the energy and passion of some of those young folks that yeah. were out there and seem like, okay, things are going to be okay. Right. And it may be called something else. It may not be called American Indian Movement. It may be called something else. But uh, uh, American Indian Movement, I think going there reminded me of if you think you're AIM, you are AIM. And you don't need a card or anything to prove that. So uh, the old schoolers were there, too, you know, that that are still around. Well, and then some generational, you know, some families, right? Pat Bellinger, you know, uh, um, one of the mothers of AIM, and then Lisa Bellinger, who's leading the efforts here now. And to see the, to see that, you know, generations, legacies like that, that's Mm -hmm. something. It really is. Uh, I don't know if you caught the newspaper today, the Minneapolis paper, but there was a big article about it. And, uh, the uh, author and the photographer, we were, uh, John Anderson and I were hanging out with a lot and uh, an amazing article, kind of, you know, what we're talking about, mending and um, bridging generations here, you know, um, a lot of AIM swag and it was, everyone was wearing American Indian Movement swag, which was amazing to see. It looked great, right. It made me, yeah, I did see the article, and they had that wonderful photo gallery as well. Uh, I saw a few of them with you and them, Robert, so good work <laughs> jumping in front of the camera. <laughs> but yeah. seeing all that AIM swag, that made me think, oh, i got to dig out my AIM stuff, you know, yeah. my AIM swag. But um, I, one thing I really liked about the Star Tribune article, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Articles were in a front and center, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, they hung the story along, you know, the lines of sort of Lisa Bellinger's story, you know, a second generation leader, AIM leader, 
and then a young um, activist sister uh, here, uh, uh, Thunder, Rachel, Rachel. Thunder. Yeah, and I liked that it was showing this kind of generational piece, but also the emphasis on women's leadership. Yeah. And I know that you moderated a panel on the women of AIM while you were out there. And I just like, good. I'm glad that that's what, you know, was kind of the core of the the story. You know, and it was amazing, too. uh, You know, we've, uh, Ogama and I have worked with Warrior Women Project over the years, and uh, that's how we knew. Or that's how we know Madonna, Madonna Thunderhawk and her sister and her daughter. Sure. And um, it's like old home week to see them. It's nothing but good energy and laughs. But those guys, uh, well, let me back up a second. There were lawyers there that were in their 20s that just got out of law school to work on this case because of all the people getting arrested after sure. uh, after that. And it was amazing. You know, they're in their 70s now, and they're, it started their career with uh, helping the American Indian movement and helping the women. And it was like watching old home week people showing up that hadn't seen any, seen oh, each other sure. in years. But also people that uh, didn't know that they were there at the same time and met later on in life. Isn't that well, weird? Yeah. <laughs> Just all yeah, these different. Trippy. Yeah, really trippy. I think that's the way the to go because they were all in their own bunkers uh like madonna thunderhawk's son was 10 and they didn't expect to uh what i found out this weekend is they did not expect to be there uh or occupy wounded knee it's the police and the armored people started shooting at them and they had to take cover when they were there and and she said i would never have a 10 year old do this sure sure yeah well those are some stories huh that right. it felt like you were in, in the currents of history while you were out there. And I love history, so that really was my jam. Uh, so what's going on in the avenue? What's going on with Robert Lilligren? Yeah, there's a lot going on down here. And uh, one of the the things that's kind of roiling throughout the community here, and it's actually mentioned in the Star Tribune article about the Wounded Knee Trip, is the issues around a development that's planned right here in the Native community right next to Little Earth of United Tribes, which is sort of the residential heart and hub of our Native community here. And um, there's a conflict between the community's interests and desires and that of the city government. And it's really come to a head these last few weeks because Minneapolis City Council voted to demolish the building, which the community fears has valid fears about it releasing more toxins and contaminants into the air. And the um, area that we're talking about is probably the most contaminated land that anyone lives on in the state. The communities that live in this heavily contaminated area suffer all these chronic health issues. This is Little Earth of United Tribes is right there. There's up to and including death. People die from some of the uh, contamination, the toxins and the contamination. And the community has a vision to reuse this site that's consistent with the city's policies. We have It's in a green zone of the city of Minneapolis, but the city just seems hell-bent on not listening to the community. And so uh, our community has stood up. They've occupied the site. They've uh, marched on City Hall. Uh, AIM has been playing a central role in this as well. Some of the folks that are in the article that you read. So it's it's been a hot week here. Yeah. Yeah. Some people didn't want to come to the Wounded Knee like uh, Rachel because of what was going down. Um, but sure. they got that court order in the state Supreme Court. But let's talk more. Uh, I guess this is the Robert, Robert, Robert show. And uh, with Ogama <laughs> at Native Ritz Radio. And we're going to have Robert Blake on soon. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Oik. We'll be right back. Stay with us. ho Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. (laughs) 
Tune in this Saturday morning right here on AM 950 for the kickoff of Season 7 of the Gardening with Joy and Holly radio show from 7 to 8 a.m. We'll be discussing the world of seeds and seed starting, as well as strawberries in the ground and containers. Our guest is author Pam Farley, and we'll answer your garden questions. That's all this Saturday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. right here on AM 950. Tell a friend and let's grow together. Hi, Minnesota. This is David Pakman, and you can catch my show weekdays at 2 p.m. for the latest in political news on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. Winter is here, and there's a good chance your home isn't being heated efficiently. And it's likely because of air sealing and insulation problems. Inadequate attic insulation is the leading contributor to high energy bills, cold rooms, and ice dams. Great news, the energy-efficient pros at Snap Construction can fix it all. Stop the heat from leaking out and save. Call 612-333-SNAP or visit snapconstruction.com for your free infrared energy inspection. Install with Snap Construction and qualify for over $750 in rebates and incentives. State and city programs are now offering 0% financing for qualifying insulation upgrades. So call Snap Construction for your free insulation energy consultation and start saving on your energy bills. Call 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP. Or visit snapconstruction.com. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed insulation and exterior contractor in the metro area. Visit snapconstruction.com. Hey, it's Patrick. Improve your air quality and health because Zero Res is the only choice for a true clean that lasts longer. One in five Americans suffer from poor air quality in their home and or their office. HVAC systems carry harmful particulates and promote asthma, hay fever, and allergy symptoms. A clean HVAC system promotes a healthier indoor environment, which contributes to productivity, comfort, and a sense of health and well-being. Zero Res uses the most technologically advanced duct cleaning process available. The best part? We can install an air purification and filtration system on the same day. Instead of letting these pollutants linger, get your air duct Zero Resified. This month, get three rooms zero resified from the Twin Cities' number one carpet cleaner starting at just 129 bucks, and take 75 bucks off your air duct cleaning. Call Zero Res right now, 9520-RES, or go to ZeroResMinnesota.com and ask for the AM950 special. Zero Res. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lulia. Freezing fog possible late tonight with a low of 21, then cloudy on Friday with a high of 36. Hazel's Northeast offers the most creative comfort food you'll find for any meal of the day. Hazel's is located at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis, minutes from 35W. More at hazelsne2go.com. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring culture and tradition. Right on, Ogama. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren from a Native Native uh, American Community Development Institute. Uh, and Robert, uh, I kind of took up your segment there, so I think uh, I'm going to start asking you questions. <laughs> no, it's um, always fun time. Yep. You know, um, one of the things, there's a lot going, uh, good things going on at the Capitol with our friends there. And um, what, what really sticks out in your mind here in the last few weeks? Uh, some of it is about the what's really impacting us right here in the urban community and in the American Indian Cultural Corridor. And then the project that we were talking about just before the break, even the Roof Depot project has made an appearance at the Capitol as well. It just cleared its first hurdle for some funding for the community's vision uh, from a uh, house committee. So, so wow. you know, that's good to hear. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, 
we have an effort that's called the Urban Indian Legacy Initiative, U-I-L-I-U-L-E, that's really being led by Dr. Joe Hobart of the American Indian OIC. And uh, But there's some three dozen participating Native orgs seeking greater capital investment in the urban um, Indian organizations. We all have this aging infrastructure. Uh, we all need capital infusion. And it's been very, you know, some success. And so it's a very organized effort, uh, lobbying effort. There'll be a day at the Hill, Cap at the Capitol Hill. And so, so that's exciting to watch that make its way through and to see our folks over there advocating for, for our community. Yeah, Robert, you know, you've been in the political game yourself for many years. I don't know. Well, I'm going to say nationally, too. I don't know if I've seen so much get done so fast. And that has to do with... With Biden, too. I mean, he was uh, vice president for eight years and had, uh, had uh, uh, you know, been in Congress for, I don't know, 40 years before that. It's amazing how much stuff he's getting done, but the least credit he's getting from the other side. And again, here in Minnesota, all the things that are getting done, I don't think I've ever seen stuff like this could happen so quick right and then you know on the federal level and with president biden there's people just kind of tamping that record down you know and and when you see what's actually gotten done during during this his first term as president it's it's impressive and and that can be pulled out during the campaign and really sort of dusted off and people can be made aware of that but you're you're right i don't think he's getting the credit that he deserves but here man it's just going crazy and uh, I don't, if folks know, we had what we call the trifecta for our last election for the first time in, what, 12 years. Yeah. Uh, our governor, our state senate, and our state house are all under Democratic control. And the leadership was clear. We wanted, well, How did the speaker of our state house, Melissa Hartman, said, we want, to, we want maximum efficiency yeah. in our legislating, you know, and... And I'm sure some people don't like what's getting passed, but I think people like when stuff gets passed. Yeah. When stuff happens. And, you know, usually we watch our legis our split government sit for a session, not getting much accomplished. Then in the final hours of the session, they try to get everything accomplished. Right. And then they can't. And so it's a special session or what happened last year. There was no special session, so nothing got accomplished. Right. So I, I see something happen. So stuff is happening here, and it's happening quickly. Good stuff. You know, and to back up what you said earlier in the last segment about the young ones, again, Gen Z saved our rears. Um, they outvoted us old uh, old boomers, you know, right? I'm, I'm right on the cusp there, and I know you're a boomer too. And uh, yeah. that's really good to hear, and, and they're paying attention um, especially to those things like uh, college, health care. I mean, if you, if you could get universal health care, that would change the world and the workforce. Right. And our country's health, right? We have yes. the most costly health care system in the world, and we have about the worst health outcomes of any industrialized nation. And it's such a disconnect. We pay the most for the worst, right? And exactly. So, uh, but these, you're right about these young people. And, and really, the... Younger people are the largest in, uh, voting block, right? They're, I mean, right yeah. now, or close to the largest. Uh, but they're the they're deciding elections, and they should. Right? It's their future. Exactly. So how do we lift those voices up? How do we, you know, guide folks without being obstructionists? And, yeah, this is an interesting political time. And we're gearing up for next year too. You know, as you know, we have our make voting a tradition, and we're involved yes. in voter outreach and political engagement at the local level. Uh, by 2024, we'll have some statewide partners, and that's yeah. all ramping up already. So, so yeah, we're doing our part. It should be, and uh, it's it's amazing too that the young ones are are are. I I, I was thinking, you know, the problems and the uh, things that you know, maybe the older generation and the right wing worry about is second nature to our, our, our Gen Zers. And they don't care about the petty stuff that, that they do. They want people are people, you know, all, from all the way up and down. And, uh, so that's good. We need to get out of their way and, and, and pave a good way for the young ones. Yeah. And support them. Right. Right. And that's kind of what's going on right here in the community with this, 
uh, development project I was talking about. We call it the Rook Depot project in the community. Right. And you have these different sectors of our community all coming together to stand with each other. And uh, and I think that's so good for us to to be shoulder to shoulder, to appreciate the space that that somebody, you know, I, I don't do direct action that much anymore, but right. direct activists are really paving the way, right? They're an important part of the movement. And then people like me who have access to policymakers and things, you know, I'm playing a role and, and artists are playing a role right. to really see, appreciate, respect, and support each other's roles. And I haven't seen it come together quite like this here since the hideous um, scaffold project at the oh Lombard Center Sculpture Art where everyone came together. You know, we, in the community, it was very robust and rambunctious, but we all um, united behind one message, bring it down. Everyone did their part, you know, and uh, and we were so successful. So it just to me, there's a little bit of that right now where if we can figure out how to keep standing together, I think we have the greatest opportunity for success, and then we're best set up for whatever comes next as a unified community. I asked uh, Madonna Thunderhawk uh, in uh, Wounded Knee because there was a lull of people, and they were, I remember her telling me this a few years ago, and um, where are all the activists? Where are they? And I asked her about that, and she said, you know, people that are raising their children are warriors. People that are on their keyboards are warriors. People that are cleaning, you know, so we're all warriors doing the best we can. We don't all have to be on the front line. And that's that's important to hear because, you know, that's a veteran that's been everywhere from Alcatraz to everything from Alcatraz to Line 3. Right, right. And to acknowledge other people's contributions. And early on in my activist days, my organizing days, I had, re- had a realization that whatever someone can bring is enough, right? That's yeah. just enough. That's what, If that's what you could bring. And, and to respect that, you know, not everyone is like us always running it and finding more stuff to do. Yeah. I'm wondering why my back's sore and it's like, Oh, you've been standing right. for 10 hours. <laughs> that could be going on aches and pains. Right. Too. Hey Robert, I'm going to bring on Robert uh, Blake and then make this a trifecta here too. And uh, the last couple minutes here with you and uh, uh, Solar Bear with the Solar News is uh, coming on soon. Robert, good to see you. It's uh, all three of us and Ogamon. Ogamon looks sad and outnumbered, if you can. <laughs> but uh, great, great talk as always. Uh, Robert, uh, what, what, uh, how, how do you want to leave us um, today? Uh, what else? Do you got a, a 30 Which second? Which Robert? Run? Which Robert? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that one well, says well, Bob, I, Bob Blake from Red Lake, uh, so I'm going uh, with uh, uh, White Earth Ojibwe there. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, first up, I got to say, hey, Robert. Hey, Bob. Nice to see you. It's been a while, so uh, cool. And then I like this moody lighting that you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. Kurtz from uh, Apocalypse Now going on over there, if you ever. Right. Uh, maybe that's an old uh, reference. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, cool. So I guess I'll just say in, as I part, as I depart that, you know, now what we're starting to do, we're planning for um, American Indian Month here. In American Indian Month, we have uh, May in Minnesota and then the Twin Cities is American Indian Month. So kind of stay tuned. There's a lot of planning going on. There's going to be a ride, I understand. Uh, so there'll be horses. Uh, we'll have a, per- a march and things and other Indian month activities. And then all the open houses, Bob, or Robert, as you're familiar with, you know, the open houses, all the native orgs hold yeah. open houses. So stay tuned. More to come. That's great. And uh, Bob Blake from Red Lake, uh, do you have anything to say to Robert Lilligren and uh, or Robert Pilot before we uh, wrap up this segment? We got a couple more minutes. Oh, man. I, I was just going to say, well, hey, do you guys remember John Trudell? Said oh yeah, there was going to be like in the future, like warriors were going to be like you know indifferent. You know, we were going to be like bankers, or I mean, not bankers, but like lawyers, and you know what I mean. Like there was going to be all these different types of ways that we were all going to contribute, like you said, Robert. You know what I mean? And John Trudell was talking about that, like we weren't going to be 
just like in front of everybody, but we were all going to be um, maging in with different types of, you know, um, uh, gifts, you know, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I just remember John Trudell saying that. Thanks for bringing that up, Bob. And I, you know, and I got to say, it's uh, we're all marching into bellies of beasts. They just might be different beasts. And to really respect that. And so if it's, you know, we have a lieutenant governor, uh, Ojibwe right. sister, you know, we got to support her. She's not in a friendly environment. And then we have activists that like we were talking about Rachel Thunder, or, you know, people who are willing to put themselves in harm's way. And we need to support those people too. And so how do we figure out to to be united and supporting across those kinds of sectors. I'm just, I'm really intrigued with that these days. Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. And I think, you know, we're kind of in not the front line, but we're in the behind line watching and interviewing and the people that are moving and grooving like yourselves, both yourselves and Rachel Thunder's been on the show a bunch of times, especially since what's been going down. But Hey, Robert Lilligren, thank you so much as always for being on. Right on. And up next, we got Bob Blake from Red Lake, where we have Robert Blake with the Solar Bear with the Solar News. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States, and 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's live and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Boost your immunity and help protect your community. COVID-19 is still here, but it's not too late to get your booster. Staying up to date with vaccines can help build protection that has decreased since your last shot and provide better protection against newer variants. Boosters are an important part of protecting yourself from getting seriously ill from COVID-19. To learn more and schedule your appointment, visit ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. ramseycounty.us slash COVID vaccine. Uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Colvin 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. Oh. Hey, we've got Bob howling again. That's awesome. Hey, I we're love here. That. <laughs> hey, we're <laughs> that's Native Ritz Radio presents. I'm awake, and we're here with Robert Blake of the Solar Solar Bearer with the Solar News. And it's good to see you, Bob. It's been a while. Um, and uh, you know what do you got for us uh, this beautiful day well, here? Yeah, Robert. There is hot off the press, Robert. Um, the Department of Energy is directing um, $350 million um, to rural areas, specifically tribal nations, um, tribal communities, um, to help them um, with capacity building. So what this means, basically, Robert, is there is now funding available from the Department of Energy for 
specifically tribal communities to now plan and to basically do their due diligence for these, um, you know, renewable energy projects and the development, Robert, you know, if I can just say takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of effort. Um, and you know, a lot of the times, you know, what we have to do is we have to get, you know, um, soil samples, we have to get engineering studies. Um, we have to figure out exactly where we can interconnect the projects, um, what substations can handle the, the, the electricity load that we're going to be putting onto it. So there, there's a lot of due diligence that has to happen um, when you're doing these really big utility scale projects. Um, and, and that costs, you know, that costs money to do and that, and that takes studies. And so I'm really, really happy to see this from the Department of Energy. Um, and it was one of my critiques of them um, early on that you're going to give tribes all this money, but you're not going to give them any money to develop the project. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, and then, like, and then, of course, one of my other um, gripes about, you know, this is, you know, that, you know, we need to be able to interconnect into the grid. So connecting our projects, you know, onto the transmission lines, um, and not be set in a queue where we have to sit there for like two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so it, so these things are now being addressed and, and they're being taken place. And I want to applaud the department of energy for taking the step because, um, tribes now can apply for this money. Um, they, they, they use it to, to develop their own projects, pay their engineers. You know, you, you don't have to find a developer, a solar developer who is going to like charge you a bunch of money um, to do it. You, you, the tribes can do it themselves, um, you know, with some guidance. And so that this is a really good thing, Robert. And so I'm yeah. really happy to see this happen today. I'm excited, and also you can bring that knowledge to my nation too, because we're going to have you uh, talk to our group. and And one of the key things, as you know, my background is probably avoiding work, so I don't know anything about solar energy or renewable energies. And we have to bring people in that do know, like yourself, or you know, people, or you know, because we also have the wind, we also have the hydro. And those, all those things I'm clueless about, you know, I'm just like, so we have to bring the experts in. So that allows us, what you're talking about allows us to do that. Yeah. And, and like I said, Robert, this money now that became available today is really huge because now tribes now can, can apply for this and, mm-hmm. and they can use that to, to, to use that for development, right? So you right. can pay the experts so you can pay those. Um, people that that understand, um, you know, how to go do the soil samples and, you know, um, make sure that, you know, that where you're putting your project, um, you know, isn't going to, you know, be in an area also, too, where, you know, there's, uh, you know, burial remains or just anything right. artifacts, you know what I mean? Just, like, those things have to happen. And, and, and so... Um, I'm really happy to see this, and I, I, want, I hope all, all the people out there listening, let your, please let your tribal nation know that this money is now available and um, to apply for it. And, um, and well, hire Solar Bear. Yeah, <laughs> well, there you, there you go, Solar Bear. You know, we talked years ago uh, about when the sun goes down, the, the wind blows, and, you know, how do we keep that going? Where, And especially you know, do we do batteries and we really want to go towards hemp batteries and they're not ready yet. And do we get ready for those? And, uh, those things that, you know, really help mother earth too, in a big way, because you have the, the, the people that are pushing back a little bit on, on what these, these, these renewables are made out of. And, but we've talked about how much that, uh, what it's better, you know, the, the planet's burning. We need to do something and we need to do something for our next generation and the next seven generations. Yes. Robert, you're so correct. Like just act, right. Just do something like that's what I ask every tribal government. Don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but do something. 
You know what I mean? And, right. and, and, and so whether it's just installing a solar system on top of your government building, exactly. whether and, and the beauty about renew about solar is that you can scale up so you can start with a house and then you can, you know, put a microgrid together with 10 houses and then, you know, or you can just start with one building and then you can add on to other buildings. And so it doesn't have to be some grandiose plan, but you just have to start. You know what right. I mean? And and what happens then is momentum picks up and mm-hmm. people in the community get interested and they right. want to be a part of it. And then now you got community buy-in, right? right. And other people want to be involved. And so they start taking the load basically off of your shoulders because they want to help and they want to be a part of it. And so that's, that's my advice to, um, right. you know, the, the different, you know, communities, um, tribal communities that are listening to this is just start with one project, just start with one project. That's it. Just get one thing done and then move from there because you're going to find people in your community that want to be a part of this. And right. that's the, that's the beauty of this is that, is that our people can learn this and we can take this knowledge and we can use it um, and, and we can, you know, get the rest of other community members to be involved. So um, well, just start with a project. Well, and then, you know, look forward to maybe being your own um, energy consortium or, or whatever, but start little little steps. I get a weird uh, happy feeling because I was down at Wounded Knee and on the way there, that farm uh, – uh, seeing these huge, huge wind farms out there, and you just kind of go, "Oh, wow, that's cool." Or whenever I drive uh, somewhere, I see a, a lot of solar pans and panels on somebody's land. It kind of gets me like happy and prideful. Yeah, right. Because that's that's like that positive energy that's coming into yeah. the the community, right? And and that's mm-hmm. what I say, right? Like us natives, you know, we're. We're in the gaming business, which is a billion-dollar business, but there's a lot of negativity that's attached or aura that's attached to that capital. And right. can you imagine if we started switching to renewables and what type of positive aura that that capital is going to bring into our community? You know what I mean? Like right. that's that's the thing, like the unseen, the unseen energy that you can't you can't see, but you know it's there, right? And so. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so positive about uh, renewable energy and, and what I think that it can do for for our communities and for all communities, actually. So um, I, wow. I hope to see more and more um, tribes and communities switch to renewables. Yes, and you'll help our tribe here, and we'll talk about it someday here on the show because we're we're ready and ready to move, and especially with today's news. Robert, thanks for being on. Robert Lilligren, thanks for being on. Ogma Pinigigi for the news and all the work you do. If you're listening to this show, you are part of the resistance. You need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office. We're still here. We are the seventh generation free Leonard Peltier now. Hey,